And now, broadcasting from a two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK and Rick. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown, the COVID-19 virus. And uh, we've got our good friends, as always, PK and Scotty Malort with us. How are you guys? Hey, Rick. Yeah, doing good. Scotty, good good to hear your voice. So today we have uh, have uh, Mayor Steve Morley with us, Mayor of Elmhurst. Uh, he'll be with us in a few minutes. And uh, I don't know if you guys happen to see, but he did an address to the city. I believe it was yesterday. So today is uh, Thursday, March 26th, 2020. So I'm pretty sure it was yesterday, March 25th. He did a nice address where he kind of let the folks of Elmhurst know what, what's going on at the city. And we, we tend to dig a little, we're going to try to dig a little deeper today. So what did you guys, I assume you saw the address. What did you think of it? Yeah, well, first right. off, let's say that, that address is available on YouTube if you have not seen it. I need to dial in. I haven't seen it, I'm sorry to say. Probably at Elmhurst.org. Correct. Tell me about it. Scotty. So the, the mayor addressed the main points of what's going on in the city, and he also mentioned some of the uh, adjustments he's made in city policies and procedures, delaying certain things like city stickers for your vehicle, stuff like that. Um, so a lot of good information. Um, I'm sure he'll give uh, he'll give the lowdown some more of that information. Um, but yeah, he dropped a lot of good knowledge and uh, very calming presence. I thought. I think so, too. I thought it was uh, good for the residents to hear that. Uh, hopefully we'll get them to loosen up a little bit more more uh, in this interview. So uh, obviously that was a prepared statement. I, I thought it was good, though, overall. So uh, any questions you want me to ask them? You know, I, I, I got to I gotta tell you, I, I think he did a really nice job with, uh, you know, delivering what needed to be delivered to the people of Elmhurst. Um, you know, knowing the mayor, he will be forthright and straightforward with you. So, you know, I think the, I think what you want to do is ask him the big rock questions, ask him what's on everybody's mind. Right. Or, you know, since he is spending a lot of time at home, probably what's his favorite scotch. Yeah, hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, you, you gotta be a single ball guy, right? You guys are always so serious. So, <laughs> well, you guys take care. Gotta, you stay down at the bunkers. Take care of your families, and uh, let's uh, stay the course and uh, be safe, okay? Yeah, you too. See you guys. Today is Saturday, March 28, 2020, and I have the pleasure of having Elmhurst Mayor Steve Morley on the phone. Welcome, Mayor Morley. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, we appreciate you spending some virtual time with us, keeping our social distance. You know, first off, I saw your video address to the citizens and business owners of Elmhurst, which I believe was released this past Wednesday. And I personally and, and my podcast partners, PK and Scotty, thought it's a great way to assure the citizens of Elmhurst that you, your council, the city staff are here to help and protect them you know, during these obviously very trying times. So bravo to you for that, and I hope you'll continue to release these new updates. Yes, that's something that we're going to do. Um, I work with our communications director, Cassandra Shreff, who uh, was fantastic at it. This That wouldn't have happened without her. Uh, and these are unprecedented times. So we're all getting creative 
uh, not only in trying to figure out how to communicate, but communicate effectively. Um, I do think it's very important. We said it in the video, and uh, I say it countless times a day. Uh, the city of Elmhurst doesn't close. Um, our, our city hall is closed to the public, but um, all of our employees are still working, whether it's at home or remotely, uh, in different locations, um, uh, on their computers, on the internet, uh, all practicing safe social distancing, continuing to sanitize any workplaces. But um, uh, that's what I think it's important for people to understand is that we're not closed and um, we're continuing to provide the same level of service that the residents of Elmhurst are used to. You know, and I, I think we all realize that there are certain functions that the city or services that the city provides that, that uh, maybe some of those folks can work from home and then there's some where they really can't to a certain extent, and that would obviously be police and fire protection and probably some of public works. Is there anything we can do to help protect those folks? You know, that's a good question. Um, be respectful uh, of their time. Be respectful of uh, the social distancing that they practice. Uh, obviously, if, uh, and this will be handled by um, uh, DUCOM and 911, um, if you get to the point where you have any issues and you need to um, call 911 and these first responders have to show up, um, understand what they're facing. Um, our uh, first responders are wearing protective gear, but uh, the more information, the better. Um, it's important that uh, they assess the situation as quickly as possible, determine the level of the emergency, but um, it's very difficult uh, to practice social distancing, if you will, uh, while you're responding to an emergency. So give them your space when needed um, and uh, be as communicative as possible when you're on the phone. Uh, and um, I know that some folks have donated um, uh, meals, uh, and that's certainly something that I think um, I will call it somewhat circular. Uh, it's always welcome, not only if uh, folks in Elmhurst want to donate meals to first responders, uh, donate meals to folks working at the hospital, um, and if even better, if the residents of Elmhurst want to do that and uh, patronize a local restaurant that is remaining open during these difficult times, it's a win-win. You help a local restaurant out, and then you help out someone who's working in the community. How would, in general, how is the staff doing? You know, the staff is doing very well. Um, as I said earlier, this is uh, unprecedented. We're not used to this. We did a lot of planning. In fact, um, when, uh, you know, first hints of this started hitting the news, uh, City Manager Grabowski and I would meet or talk on the phone probably two or three times a day. Um, we have a lot of emergency preparedness and emergency planning. So um, it's the actual executing of it when it happens, and it's not a drill that is new for some folks. Um, we are taking extraordinary efforts to sanitize uh, the work locations on a regular basis. Um, we're doing things like doing split shifts. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a certain group of people work at home. Tuesday, Thursday, a certain group of people work at home. And then a week later, they swap. Um, we're still running our shifts at the police station, but they don't necessarily congregate together during a shift change. They'll do that uh, electronically. So we're doing what we can with, with the um, keeping an eye on the services that we still need to provide but uh, with the resources that we have. So we, can, we have uh, certainly uh, areas in our public works garage, for example, where 
people who normally might work side by side can work in two separate parts of the building. Um, stuff like that, uh, sending non-essentials home. So uh, certainly the, uh, the folks who work at the History Museum aren't there, and that allows us to utilize that History Museum annex if we need to, and further separate people who can still get their job done, still work, but they aren't necessarily um, interacting as much as they did physically uh, with their coworkers, but they're still working. I noticed that uh, the police department released their own video yesterday uh, giving residents some uh, advice and, and clarifying what the stay-at-home order means. And I, I think that's a really great reference. And I'm guessing, based on some of the, the communications uh, from the Park District in that video, that there have been some issues with residents out on the streets uh, being together when they shouldn't have been, especially when the weather was good. And is that, is that the case? It is, and back to the video. Back to the video. We're certainly going to continue to to make those videos and highlight different areas and different services in Elmhurst. Not only introducing the people in Elmhurst to some of these people and some of the functions that they do, but also to make sure that people understand that we are still working. Um, as it relates to the public gatherings, um, that's been a challenge. I would say that. Um, We've done a fair job in Elmhurst. The residents of Elmhurst have done a pretty fair job of respecting uh, the social distancing and the orders that come down from the, from the governor. One of the challenges that we're facing is that um, the governor signs these executive orders, and, uh, but then it becomes very clear, in fact stated, um, that it's up to the local municipalities to police some of these executive orders, uh, which is challenging for us. Certainly have been working with the Park District. The Park District uh, has um, has used uh, the emergency tape to tape off their um, their jungle gyms and uh, has signage uh, telling people not to stay there. It's important that people understand that this virus, depending on uh, what reports you, you, you've reviewed, can live on hard surfaces for seven to 10 days. So um, we haven't closed the parks, and when I say we, the park district has not closed the parks, and I think the hope for everybody is that they can remain open, especially as the weather uh, turns nicer this time of year, but they should be enjoyed um, for things like walking in the park with your spouse or with your dog or, you know, maybe a dad or mom taking the kids. Uh, to, you know, play family soccer where there's just two or three of them who've already been in the house together. Um, that's the kind of thing that I think we would like to see. Um, we have been working with the park district and um, we've had some discussions with the schools that, um, you know, just be respectful of others. Do your best to follow the, uh, the social distancing and uh, I think we'll get through it. But it has been a challenge. I would, uh, as I mentioned in my um, my address and uh, uh, as others have mentioned, um, we are looking for the Elmhurst residents to do their part on this. And for the most part, I think that that's being done. I noticed that uh, Elmhurst.org, the city's website, has a lot of great resources, uh, not only for citizens, but the business community too. And I, uh, I wonder if you've taken a look at some of the resources that the city staff has, has put out there for the business community in particular. Yeah, there's so much, um, that's a good question. There is so much information out there that it's tough to stay, um, stay current on it. Uh, Aaron Jason, who is a business development coordinator in the city of Elmhurst, uh, has been fantastic. And, uh, in fact, I'll give you an example. When 
Um, the order came down that we had to close restaurants and bars to in-room dining or in-house dining. Um, Erin and her staff uh, personally contacted uh, about 120 restaurants and food service locations that um, were going to be affected by this and was reviewing with them what they could do to stay open. And Erin continues to discuss with her peers in the business development community all of the things that are being done that do affect our uh, small businesses, um, being as um, informed as possible. The governor announced some new grants uh, on Wednesday. The US uh, SBA uh, has also talked about some loans. And the best thing we can do in those situations, because it's important for people to understand, Elmhurst doesn't control those aspects of that help. So the best thing that we can do is make sure that people are informed. Um, and uh, we, you can use our website there. We probably have. I think your, uh, your website's doing a great job of, of providing that information, as you say. And uh, I agree, as a member of the local business community, uh, it's really hard to keep up with the developments. And they, you know, our, our, uh, our leaders, our uh, representatives keep passing laws that uh, they're not sure how they're going to get the, the government agencies to comply with and to, and to get those funds out. So uh, I, I, I love what, what's going on there on your website so far. So uh, I would um, definitely point people to the website, though, and especially the business community. So, Mayor Morley, what services that the city typically provides uh, are you not able to provide during the pandemic? You know, I'd say that um, things are being delayed not necessarily discontinued. So for example, if you've got um, building plans that you need us to review, you might normally have your builder or architect walk them in and have a meeting. Well, now they have to send that stuff through the mail. Um, same with paying bills and getting your city sticker and other stuff like that. Um, pretty much all of that is available uh, remotely. So you can either go online or do it. Um, you can call in and have that stuff done. Um, we're postponing the start date of yard waste and brush collection and stuff like that. Um, so we are doing everything physically possible to keep the services going. We just might be providing them in a different manner. But right now we haven't closed any part of that, but there's going to be stuff that is going to come up that we won't be able to do. Um, you know, it really depends on uh, the resources that we have available um, as we continue through this, because there's certain things that um, we might not know we need to do or can't do four weeks from now. Um, it is a changing landscape every time either the federal government or the state government issues a, um, uh, an executive order. We spend three or four days catching up, talking to lawyers, interpreting what they've said because um, it's, it, the details are not there. And a lot of times the way this process is working is when a directive comes down, uh, from state or federal government, we're then on these conference calls and we have to parse through it. We have to figure out where the holes uh, or loopholes or uh, pitfalls are. And then we actually give that information, feed it back up the feed chain, uh, food chain. And a lot of times they will amend their executive order. So um, we, we remain open now in terms of all services. Some might be delayed, but we haven't canceled anything yet. But I'm sure that um, that may be a possibility in the future. And We'll post it on our website. And that's the other thing I would say that is so important is get the information and where you get your information. 
Um, social media has really become, uh, how can I put it? Um, it's not the best place to go. I know uh, Chairman Cronin the other day mentioned stay off social media. Social media has its purpose and its place. But if you have questions about what's going on in Elmhurst, specifically uh, city functions, not only can you contact the city through our website, and I would say that all of the links we have on our website are sources that you can trust, but let's not forget that we've got 14 elected aldermen in town, seven wards. Uh, we have really neighborhood politics. Uh, I would say that most people are maybe one degree of separation away from someone who has intimate details of how Elmhurst is handling this crisis. So before you read something or you start a statement with, I heard they're doing this, um, take the 30 seconds, go on our city website or contact your local alderman and you're going to get the answer you're looking for. Um, I know that you of all people know that um, there are a lot of college students home in town at a time of year when they're not normally home. You have uh, three children all uh, away at school before this crisis. Um, so there are a lot of folks in town that normally aren't here and uh, wonder if that's presenting a challenge. Yes, uh, I do have three kids uh, at college. One's home, one's coming home next week. Uh, the best thing about these college kids, though, is they're probably the most adept at social media. So, uh, and they're pretty good at sitting on couches and eating pizza. So it hasn't been so bad for them. Uh, we haven't seen an uptick in um, problems from that uh, demographic, if that's what you're asking. Um, and a lot of them, I know uh, my daughter who's home from Clemson, um, her online classes started this week and actually keeping her quite busy. So um, no, no real big issues there. Um, and uh, as I said, they're kind of better at the social media part than others. Uh, I do see a lot of them um, going on runs, walking, stuff like that, and I think that's great. But um, uh, they haven't presented any, any major issues at this point. And as it, as it relates to uh, maybe having family members home from college and other family members that just decided to move home with mom and dad during this and, uh, and extra cars in the driveway, is there an accommodation from the police department to let folks park on the street? You know, there certainly is. Um, as you know, it's, uh, there is an ordinance that um, prohibits overnight parking. But the good news is if you go on the city website, uh, and uh, I think if you uh, go to the police department, there's actually an online, I'll call it an application or notification. You can notify the city. Uh, there's, a, there's just a small form to fill out and say, hey, I'm parking in the street tonight because I'm in from out of town and, you know, my mom and dad's car is already in the driveway and there's not room. We certainly encourage people to um, keep their cars parked in their driveway. I mean, the whole reason we do this, it's a safety issue. We have, uh, we have our first responders who certainly have large vehicles. And if there is a, a, um, an emergency, uh, we don't want them turning a corner and all of a sudden seeing a street clogged with cars. So we like to see it as more of the exception than the rule. Uh, but it's certainly allowed, and there's a way to do it to notify the police, uh, and it's a very simple process. I think we put that online about a year ago, and it works very well. Um, you've obviously uh, been working with other government agencies and political subdivisions. Do you, do you folks have any direct lines to you know the state or the county, the feds for that matter? Oh, that's a good question. So I will say this. Um, I wouldn't call it inordinate. I would say extraordinary. I've spent an extraordinary amount of time 
on conference calls because uh, as we discussed earlier the volume of information that's coming down and has to be disseminated so uh, we're a member of uh, a group called DMMC DuPage Mayors and Managers uh, Conference uh, we're also a member of IML and only Municipal League and uh, those two groups uh, have conference calls that we're on uh, at least twice a week uh, for both COGS um, and then in addition uh, I have been on uh, weekly conference calls with Mayor Lightfoot and uh, I think two or three conference calls with uh, Governor Pritzker um, and you know some of these calls can be repetitive but you'll be on the call for an hour and a half and you'll get a, a nugget of information that applies to your town. I would say one of the biggest benefits is um, and then certainly they're always very good on these conference calls and also uh, conference calls with the county. Um, Chairman Cronin has uh, weekly conference calls as well. Um, they always are, are very good at stating at the beginning and at the end of the conference calls, if you have any questions, concerns, or need specific help, here is how to disseminate that information. So when some of the earlier um, uh, directives came from the governor, uh, a lot of questions were asked by the small business community and we were able to um, come together uh, pull together uh, a lot of the similar questions that we had and then we feed that stuff back up and it does get to the governor and Mayor Lightfoot. So it happens quite a bit. I've got a, uh, a list printed out and stuck to the side of my desk here that, uh, you know, I, I can see about 11 conference calls a week and that's just the ones I have listed here. Wow. Um, we, sh we share a lot of information. It's very helpful to the DuPage Mayors and Managers Conference call, for example, I'm on the call with anywhere, depending on what time of day and who's available, anywhere from 15 to 25 mayors. And um, it's really good information. There's stuff that I've shared and processes that we do that others have said, that's great. I didn't think about it that way. And, and conversely, um, I, I've had the same um, information or ideas fed back to me that we weren't necessarily doing it that way. And there's better ways of doing it. And that's that's one of the things we're learning in this is to share um, our little wins as much as possible. You uh, mentioned you've had um, you've been working with the park district quite a bit, and you've had some discussions with the school district. Is there anything that the school district and the city will be working on together as they go to an e-learning concept for a while? You know, I I know that the school district has some very big challenges. Um, it's quite a quite a task. Uh, to change their um, change their way of doing things, um, we have had conversations with the schools. Um, we have talked to them preliminarily about uh, potential daycare opportunities for uh, healthcare workers in town. Um, and uh, I know that the school has um, worked with the hospital. They were pulling together any um, materials that the hospital can use during this crisis. So. Obviously, the um, school district has uh, a lot of um, industrial shop classes, what have you, that uh, have a respirator-type protection, mm -hmm. uh, shields, masks, goggles, stuff like that. So I know that the school district has worked directly with the hospital to make sure that anything that they had that the hospital can use has been transferred. I don't know if you saw that um, there's a hospital in New York City named Elmhurst Hospital, and they had a lot of COVID-19 patients and a lot of trouble there. And a lot of people thought it was our own Elmhurst Hospital. So I would 
I would lead into that and say, uh, are you are you working with the hospital too to to uh, help them and and them to help you for that matter? Certainly are. I've been in uh, pretty constant communication with Pam Dunley, who uh, runs Elmhurst Hospital. Um, she keeps me up to speed, and they're very good. If you go on their website uh, about answering questions, and they do uh, a lot of press releases um, discussing. Uh, what they're facing, what challenges they have, and the current status of who's there. Uh, so we are working with them. Um, I did, um, I, I know that, uh, I, I touched on it earlier, they are having some difficulty uh, because their workers, uh, their doctors, nurses, everybody there, are working double and triple shifts, and they're having trouble covering some of their daycare. So um, I signed an executive order uh, a little bit earlier, uh, I believe Monday, that uh, allowed them, if they need to, to set up a temporary daycare. That's certain things like that is, are, are easy things to do to um, help them out. And I'm sure they appreciate that. So as it relates to uh, council meetings and committee meetings of the council, uh, how are those going to take place? Will they be virtual? For the most part, they're going to be virtual. Uh, the governor of um, Illinois issued uh, an executive order that um, allowed us to do that remotely. That was probably the biggest challenge that we were going to be facing is that uh, normally electronic attendance to meetings are allowed, but there's some limitations to it. So uh, if you're on vacation or if you're sick, you can't attend uh, electronically. Um, and even if you do meet the qualifications of attending electronically, so let's say you're on a business trip. That's an exception. You can call in and attend electronically. Normally, you couldn't be counted as a quorum, as part of the quorum. So they have loosened the reins on that. Um, you are allowed to, we are allowed to now host virtual meetings. Uh, and quorum can be just the number of people that we can get together electronically, just not physically. So we're doing that. We've had a little bit of time to plan this because we have a fifth Monday in this month. So normally we meet on the first and third Monday is council and second and fourth Monday is committee. Um, because we have a little extra time and, and also the last set of committee meetings from this Monday were all canceled because of spring break. So we're getting back into the swing of things. We are figuring out how to do this electronically. Uh, committee meetings were, are going to be audio. So you'll be able to go on um, YouTube and you can listen uh, as it happens. And uh, we are encouraging folks uh, from a um, um, from a participation standpoint, public participation standpoint. Certainly, you can always email in your comments. Um, we are figuring out a way that uh, people can speak publicly, but from afar uh, with social distancing. And our council meeting, which is going to be on the sixth, which was normally when it was scheduled, um, we're going to have that. We're going to have folks attend. Uh, attend electronically. I have encouraged all aldermen to not come to City Hall. We're going to televise it. I'm going to come to City Hall and the city manager is going to come to City Hall. Possibly the clerk. When you see us on video, we're going to be at least 10 feet apart uh, and we'll conduct the meeting. It's going to be a challenge to say the least because you may have one of 14 or two or three or four aldermen wanting to speak on a specific item. So we're going to have to uh, work our way through how we get how they recognize how they're recognized by me, the chairman, when I run those meetings. But um, it's going to be business as usual. Ultimately, we're going to have an agenda. 
It's going to have all the stuff we need to discuss, and we're going to hold the meeting. Well, that's uh, going to be a challenge, and uh, I'm sure you're up for it. Uh, really quickly, um, have you seen the viral video that's been on your favorite social media of mayors of various Italian cities getting very upset at their residents who are not social distancing? I, I did see that. Um, I've been, uh, I've probably been sent that a half a dozen times and I, I watched it all the way through and I had the opportunity about two or three years ago to, um, take a vacation in Italy with my wife and, uh, my brother and his wife who speaks fluent Italian. So it was quite an experience, but, um, I think what you're seeing there is passion and, uh, the, uh, I don't mean to stereotype, but what I found when I was there is that uh, occasionally um, some of the Italian folks don't have a problem expressing or sharing their passion in public, no matter who's watching. Well, I'm guessing we won't see you in one of those viral videos soon. You've got a pretty calm <laughs> head on your shoulders. Um, future updates. I, I was amused by it. Pardon? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was amused by it. I thought it was great, and I really thought that... Um, Obviously, they're they're uh, they're at their wits' end. They're pretty stressed, and uh, my heart goes out to them. And uh, I, I, you know, they're saying a lot of things that probably I was thinking. Um, but you know, the the bottom line is: be safe, be smart, um, do your best with social distancing, and and we're going to get through this. Sure, I'm hoping that either you or somebody from city staff will give us periodic updates uh, through the coming weeks. And I want to thank you. I want to thank your staff. Um, want to thank the council. In particular, the folks that are at Public Works, police, and fire, and, and making sure that uh, we can still live a good quality of life while we're uh, hunkered down. So thanks so much, Mayor Morley. Well, I appreciate that, and I do. I reiterate, um, there's uh, what you just said. There's so many people who are helping, too many to name, but uh, there are so many people working overtime, doing their best to um, make sure the residents of Elmhurst stay safe, and stay informed. And uh, you're part of that. And I thank you for this uh, opportunity. Well, thank you. Stay safe, Mayor. All right. See you later. This is Scotty Mort. I'm here on the Town Lowdown. want to introduce our co-host, PK, who's going to help provide us with a little bit of inspiration in these crazy times. PK? Hey, friends. It's time to spout a little wisdom that was a favorite saying spoken one pint of time by one of Elmhurst's great men, Daryl Whistler. It actually happens to be a famous prayer credited to another great man of Elmhurst, the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr, an Elmhurst College alumnus from 1910, but it still applies so well today. It is. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That's it, plain and simple, but so true, especially during these trying times. So you all take care of yourselves and each other as we work through these challenging times. And now here's Rick with another edition of Standing on My Heavily Reinforced Soapbox. Lately I've been hearing a whole lot about this instant pot craze. People say it gets the job done a lot quicker than the regular pot. They use all these code words to throw us off. They use terms like baked and fried. So those of us that overhear them think they're talking about making dinner or something. But I'm on to them. They can't fool old Rick. I'm guessing you listeners are on to them as well. Now, I have never taken any illegal drugs. 
and I don't know anything about them. I'm not familiar with that whole culture. But friends, they are talking about cannabis, marijuana, weed, ganja, grass, Rick, tea, Rick, 420. Rick, Rick, Robbie, Rick, Robbie Rick, I'm not wait, finished. Wait, Just wait. you got to let me finish. So I'm in line at the supermarket last week, and there are two ladies in front of me, and I hear them talking about how great this instant pot is. One lady is actually telling the other lady about how much faster the instant pot works and how it helps her relax. She's going on and on about it. She tells the other lady how hungry she gets with this Instant Pot. These ladies are exchanging suggestions about what to add. Onion, herb, you get the picture. In the grocery store. Do people have no shame? For the love of Bob Marley, this stuff is illegal. They are in line at the Elmhurst Mariano's, not the Denver Doobie Dispensary. Come on. Yo, Rick, Rick, wait. Hang on. Robbie, Robbie, I'm not finished yet. Just let me finish. But that's not the real story. These ladies at the grocery store aren't the only ones I've heard talking about this instant pot. Lowdown listeners, I want you to listen very carefully. This past weekend, I couldn't believe my ears. Who of all people is absolutely obsessed with this instant pot? You'll never guess. None other than our own Mayor Morley. Or, as I now refer to him, Spliffy Steve. He can't stop recommending this instant pot to everybody he encounters. He gets this little glimmer in his eyes. And, well, actually, I think it's more of a glassy-eyed look when he talks about his beloved pot. When will this end? Even our elected officials wait, are wait. addicted. Y- you got to stop. Robbie, you, you Robbie, stop. just really? let me finish. Just I'm almost t- finished, Robbie. <clears throat> People of Elmhurst, we must put a stop to this now. You need to write your Elmhurst elected officials and demand they put an end to this nefarious practice immediately. No matter who you decide to write, Copy Alderman Kevin York. I've never met a pot smoker who wears tight bicycle shorts. Drop what you are doing. Write that letter now. As always, I stand tall on my heavily reinforced soapbox to protect the good people of Elmhurst from the evil that lurks within. Good day. Are you finished, Rick? Yes. The instant pots everyone is talking about are crock pots. Crock pots have traditionally been slow cookers. But the new Instant Pots cook the food much quicker. They use heat and pressure to cook the food evenly, but in much less time than a traditional crock pot. Mayor Morley uses his Instant Pot several times each week to prepare delicious and nutritious meals for his family. So he's not getting high in the hot tub with Alderman Kennedy? No. It's just a crock pot? Yes. Oh, well, never mind then. Uh, Hello, my fellow Americans. Um... Mommy wanted me to tell you a story about the uh, three little free pigs and the uh, big bad Russian wolf. Uh, so uh, there's three wolves, and uh, their mommy said, you can go out into the, into the world. So the pigs went out, and they went to find uh, their own way. Uh, one pig uh, moved to Serbia. Uh, and he was living in Serbia, and he was doing fine. And then uh, a big bad Russian wolf uh, knocked on his door, and he said, "No, no, don't come in here." And uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, the wolf took over uh, Serbia and, and ate ate the little pig. It was it was a terrible thing. Uh, the second little pig, he uh, he moved to Crimea. Uh, so you know he he heard about the first little pig and. He thought Crimea was safer, uh, but uh, yeah, he he was wrong. 
Uh, one day, the big bad Russian wolf uh, came knocking on the border and, and said, I, I want to come in. And uh, the little pig said, no, you can't come in here. Uh, this is Crimea. This is not Russia. Uh, it's not Russia. So uh, Big Bad Wolf said, ah, oh, too bad. I'm, I'm coming in. And uh, fortunately for that little pig, he just, he ended up working in a, a state work camp and eventually ended up in a, a prison in Siberia in a work camp there. A terrible story. Now, uh, the third little pig, he was, he was a smart little pig. He, he, uh, he came to the United States. Uh, he uh, went through all the proper channels and uh, became a citizen of the United States. And uh, he was living a great life. He had a nice big uh, McMansion in Elmhurst. Uh, and then the big bad Russian wolf came and said, Hey, uh, I want to come into your country uh, and take all your stuff. And uh, little pig said, No, I, I got a capitalist government and they're going to protect me with uh, all their resources and uh sure enough the uh the united states sent that big bad wolf packing and uh and never to be heard from again uh it was a happy ending for that third little pig uh thank you uh for listening to my story and uh, uh god bless these united states this has been a special presentation of the e-town lowdown